Welcome to the Sant Mot Satsang Podcast, a production of Spiritual Awakening Radio. Today's program is titled, The Soul's Return to God, the Ocean of Love, the Higher Stages of Meditation Practice. Life is a progression. We progress from childhood to adulthood, from simplicity to complexity, from ignorance to knowledge, from innocence to wisdom, and from birth to death. This is the law of life. But there is also, but there is also a progression from the external life to the internal, from the hustle and bustle of material existence to the serenity and silence of internal life. It is in the latter that we experience the beauty of the self and its connection with divinity. That's a paragraph from a new book by Dr. Jagasar Das, titled, Doctor by Chance, Mystic by Choice. Tranquility at the level of the body is the abolition of wars, countries at peace, submission without rebellion, without fighting to excel, without stealing possessions, without legal disputes, without judicial charges, no controversy about faith, conquered that is in stillness, away from conflict. Tranquility at the level of the soul is a heart not troubled by thoughts, a mind not divided by its thoughts, a will which does not quarrel with itself. Serene thinking which does not disturb the heart, gentleness of soul without distracting stirrings. Tranquility at the level of the spirit, a mind undivided concerning truth, a soul not confused by opinions, unity of the worlds, indeed, they're conquered and stirrings according to truth. That last reference to unity of the worlds in the last sentence, this may refer to a unity between microcosm and macrocosm, between the self and the cosmos, between the soul and God. That was a reading from John the Solitary on the Soul a spiritual classic translated by Mary Hansberry, published by Gorgias Press. I like how he approaches it by having these different levels of tranquility. Tranquility at the level of the body, tranquility at the level of the soul, and tranquility at the level of the spirit, and how all three are necessary and work together. This is from Baba Ram Singh. It is therefore incumbent on a disciple, once he or she has been initiated, to prioritize their meditation. We should always keep that to the forefront and do our meditation first. And then all of the other activities should follow that. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else follows in its proper place, one might say.
This is from Julian P. Johnson, Path of the Masters. Beneath all other impelling forces in the creation, spirituality is the primary cause. That and that alone is the driving force that always leaps up to join its source in every living being from tiny plant up to human. The spiritual flame of life is struggling upward and onward toward its source of being. And this progress and this struggle must go on until the last speck of dust returns to the central fires of infinite being. Julian P. Johnson This also is from Julian P. Johnson in Path of the Masters. I look out upon my garden of vegetables, fruits, and flowers. In that garden are thousands of precious souls kindred to myself, struggling by means of their tiny sparks of intelligence, striving always toward the light, each one slowly rising to something a little higher than itself. They are all ascending the scale of evolution. This phenomenon emphasizes the common brotherhood, the fundamental kinship between all living beings, including animals. It offers a sublime picture, this grand procession of all living forms slowly moving toward that far-off divine event spoken of by Tennyson. It is the best consummation of all evolution when the last grain of dust shall enter the light of immortality. The title of today's program is The Soul's Return to God, The Ocean of Love and the higher stages of meditation practice. The term ocean of love is a great description of the supreme being at the most high ultimate reality level. It's also the title of a spiritual classic of the Sant tradition of India, a book known as the Anurag Sagar. And this is a passage from it. I am telling you this Anurag Sagar, this ocean of love, only rare saints will understand. The union of Surat and Shabda, the union of soul and the positive power, the light and the sound. When one gets Shabda, he reaches the realm of the saints. It is a play of the drop and the ocean. What else can one say? After meeting the Satguru, one understands the play of Shabda and Surat. It is the union of the drop and the ocean. What else can one say? Giving up the qualities of mind, one should follow the path of the Master. Such a soul goes to Satlok, the true eternal spiritual region the timeless realm. 
and derives happiness from the ocean of happiness. Understand the jiva soul as the drop and the nam of the Satguru as the ocean. Says Kabir with proof, O Dharam Das, understand this. Dharam Das was the name of Kabir's chief disciple, the disciple, the main disciple of Guru Kabir. Understand the Jiva soul as the drop and the Nam of the Satguru as the ocean. It also says in the Anurag Sagar, the light of one soul is equal to that of 16 suns. Which reminds me of a passage from the Gospel of Thomas, often quoted on this program. There is light within a person of light, and it illuminates the entire cosmos. see this light? How may we hear the divine sound of the word, the logos, the sound current, the audible life stream? How may the unseen reality of the Supreme Being become seen? How may the unseen kingdom of God that the soul is connected to become visible and audible? here and now in our daily experience. Moving on to the higher stages of meditation, this is a passage from Swami Vyasanand from a book called The Inward Journey of the Soul, originally translated a few, year, a few years back by Veena Howard, translated from Hindi into English, and then Myself, along with a couple of other individuals, helped her shape the English translation, making it into a contemporary, comprehensible language, which takes people who are acquainted with the spiritual path, as well as the English language, and you put those together in order to communicate to convey the teachings of the masters. Swami Vyasanand, moving on to the higher stages of meditation. Material names and forms are not everlasting. Subsequently, by meditating on them, it is not possible to attain the eternal state. Some devotees, whose ultimate goal is the eternal, essential inner self, begin with an early stage of practice. At this stage, they are still focused on the material names and forms, and they have not yet moved on to the higher stages of meditation. Should they leave the body at that stage, they will again get a human body and will proceed on the path of meditation. 
in this way obtaining increasingly higher human forms in consecutive lives they will eventually attain liberation now the question arises what is the correct method to meditate on the material form of the deity to meditate on the light or subtle form of the deity and finally to meditate on the most subtle form the divine sound form known as Nada Brahma the answer just as the mythical chakra bird constantly stares at the moon just as a tortoise even though she stays in water constantly thinks of her eggs on dry land focusing complete attention what is needed is constant single-minded attention on the supreme being our guru dev maharishi mehi parmahans has given clear guidance practice the recitation or japa of the name of the guru and focus on the form of the guru manas dhyan these preliminary practices purify the mind and intensify the focus the subtle form of meditation begins at the center of the eyebrows the ajna chakra also known as the third eye maharishi raman calls the third eye the agni chakra this is the place where the channels of ida and pingala converge here the subtle light point begins to emerge from this point the inner subtle meditation begins just pausing to review some of these terms used here by swami vyasanan ji maharaj practice of the recitation or japa or manas jap of the name of the guru this is not referring to repeating the name of one's guru although there are people that do that or in the history of the sant tradition there have been some people that have repeated the name kabir for instance or repeated the name of their spiritual master there is no harm in that but what he is referring to here is repeating the name that the master gives you at the time of initiation this is what is meant by recitation of the name of the guru not repeating the guru's actual name but the name the mantra the sacred name the guru mantra imparted by the teacher focus on the form of the guru is manas dhyan this is visualizing the form of one's spiritual master both of these techniques are allowing for the soul to transition to begin the process of transitioning from the world outside to the world of within these are stages which allow the soul to get used to the concept of hearing the sound of the mantra mentally being repeated within one's mind 
in the Sant tradition, Simran, or the Manas Jap, the repetition of a sacred name of God, is done for the most part men- mentally within one's mind, with the tongue of thought. Now, it is true that one can repeat their sacred words, the five names, or Radha Swami, or whatever mantra the Master gives you, depending on what Sant Mat or Radha Swami lineage one is affiliated with. Uh, one can repeat that name for a couple of minutes out loud if you're in a private location and no one will overhear you for a couple of moments. But for the most part, the Simran words, the sacred names, are repeated mentally within one's mind, with the tongue of thought, as they say. And this is hearing the sound of the name in your mind and is warming you up to the concept of inner hearing. Visualizing the form of one's spiritual master, visualizing with the mind's eye is a spiritual exercise that is transitioning you into the concept of inner seeing, inner viewing, inner visions. So these are ways of developing receptivity in the disciple. The subtle form of meditation begins at the center of the eyebrows, the Ajna Chakra, the third eye. On this path of Sant Mat, the ascension of the soul begins at the third eye center. As one begins to meditate, they close their eyes and start the repetition of their sacred word mentally while visualizing the form of their teacher, concentrating at the third eye center. So, for Santmat, the path of the masters, the third eye is the portal to the kingdom of heaven, the door to the spiritual domain, the seat of the soul. The third eye is the gateway to the beyond. And that's why, of course, the third eye is the starting point on this path of the Masters. Here the subtle light point begins to emerge, says Swami Vyasanand. From this point the inner subtle meditation begins. Therefore, in order to focus on this point, it is important to concentrate initially on the physical form of the deity, We concentrate on the material form with both streams of the eyes and focus so intensely that the material form of the deity becomes infinitesimally minute. And at this juncture, the gaze becomes so concentrated upon the material form that we cease to see the form. The reader may be surprised at this point, but with practice, it is certain to happen in time. So here, Swami Vyasanand is saying that when you visualize with the mind's eye in your meditation, the form of your ideal deity, which 
Most of the time in the Sant tradition is the form of one's spiritual master. This helps open up the world of inner seeing. This is a transition to a more subtle form of meditation. Swami Vyasanand. Lord Krishna also emphasizes a wise man should withdraw his senses from the sensory objects through the mind. The mind should be yoked to me, the divine form of God, with the help of the charioteer, the intellect. The mind that is scattered in different directions should be withdrawn and focused in one place. While meditating, do not think of other parts of my body, only my smiling face. Having focused your concentration on the face, then remove the gaze from there and place it in the inner sky. Finally, leaving that behind, unite to my pure form without thinking anything else. Unquote. This quote in this quote, the focusing on the inner sky is referred to as the subtle form meditation. The inner sky is devoid of all five sensory elements. All sensory names and forms disappear here. Generally, the material name and form or physical name and form distract the mind and make it agitated. The significance of subtle meditation is that since there exists no sensory objects, the mind becomes settled and focused. At that point, there are no physical desires to pull you downwards. Science laud the importance of this stage. Sant Kabir says, This meditation tames the mind of the practitioner. Sant Mirabai said, When the consciousness rises to the inner sky, it becomes restrained. We can explain with a simple example, just as a snake crawls in a zigzag manner, but becomes straight when it enters into the whole. Similarly, when the mind is engrossed in the nine gates of the body, it is fickle, but when it enters the tenth gate, it becomes straight without any crooked thoughts and becomes peaceful. Sant Tulsi Sahib said, with the association with the master in the passageway of the inner self and with the help of the Guru Mantra or Simran, the great poisonous mind is brought under control. The passageway refers to the abode of the Master. It is the gateway to the Divine. It is also known as the Tenth Gate and is also referred to as the Shanya Marga, the subtle way, the subtle path. So in summation, the repetition of the Guru Mantra, the sacred names, gets one centered or focused to some extent and gets one used to the concept of hearing the sound of a divine name or names being repeated within one's self with inward focus. And when you visualize the form of your master, your spiritual teacher, 
with the mind's eye. Once again, an inward gaze that makes you centered, more peaceful, and is leading to a more subtle form of meditation in the inner sky. There is darkness that one sees when you close your eyes and begin to meditate. But there is light beyond the darkness, and there is sound beyond the darkness. And so now we move on to the next paragraph, Dristi Yoga, the yoga of inner seeing, inner light, meditation. There is more attraction with the subtle form of the deity than in his physical form. The consciousness is much easier to become absorbed in the subtle form rather than the material form. The worshippers of the qualified or physical form of the divine do not consider the significance of subtle meditation. They argue that it is not possible to meditate and concentrate on the formless, since without an object it is impossible to concentrate our mind and gaze at it. However, through a close consideration of the subtle form, one can begin to understand the possibilities and the purpose of the subtle meditation. Swami Vyasanand, there are two kinds of scenes within the inner world. One is darkness and the other is light. Initially, when practitioners close their eyes, the darkness is seen within. Then after some time of diligent meditation practice, the light emerges. First, during inner seeing, the mind's eye sees the shapeless darkness. In the same way, the light is without form and shape, but through the mind's eye, the practitioner is able to concentrate their gaze upon the inner light. Sight is seen only through eyes. Focusing the inner gaze in the darkness and light is called the meditation of seeing or dristi sadhana, dristi yoga. The recitation of a mantra and the meditation on the sound is called sightless meditation. Focusing the mind in the darkness is called the meditation of seeing in darkness. Concentrating the gaze on the light is known as the practice of contemplating on light. One's gaze must become concentrated in such a way that the whole darkness becomes a single point. In other words, the power of gazing gathers the whole darkness and transforms into one point. This dark point is known as the dark bindu or mark. By focusing on this point unceasingly, the white point emerges. The white bindu or point, or white lotus. From this white effulgent bindu, the meditation of light begins. Just pausing here briefly, when one concentrates in the darkness, they will see a burst of light sooner or later. It's like drilling into the darkness and a subtle point of light emerges like a door or a portal 
opening up. Swami Vyasanand, these various kinds of meditation, both gross and subtle, have been described by the saints in the following ways, withdrawing from all physical names and sounds and only focusing on the name given by the Master is called the material but formless meditation. Withdrawing from all material forms and focusing on the image of the deity, one's ideal, as taught by the Master, is called the material visualization meditation. The meditation on the point, or bindu, is called the subtle form of meditation. The meditation on the countless divine sounds is considered the most subtle form of meditation, since it does not require visualization or focus on any form. This is called the most subtle and formless meditation. When we close our eyes and do not see any objects, this does not mean there exists nothing that can be seen. In other words, the shapeless darkness is also an object. Unfortunately, we cannot even see pure darkness because we are constantly thinking about the images of the world. And instead of seeing darkness, we see imaginary sights projected on the screen of the inner mind. Without practicing the meditation of focusing in the darkness, it is not possible to see the subtle light that lies deep within. The experience of divine light in meditation brings joy, and the progress then becomes rapid. Consequently, one's faith and conviction becomes stronger. Goswami Tulsidas said, This form of meditation of the divine is easy and gives joy. Swami Vyasanand. However, until the sheath of darkness is in front of us, it seems that this is a very difficult path to realize the divine. The fountain of joy has not yet opened, and progress in meditation is low. Furthermore, if the conviction of practitioners is weak, their faith is also not mature. Gradually, the practitioner may become doubtful of the meditation technique because progress is not in sight. Some even leave meditation and become fake sadhus. <laughs> Some abandon the path and expound meditation to others to save face. Some open ashrams and indulge in satisfying their sensory desires. This apparently impermeable vast realm of darkness is capable of destroying the enthusiasm of many great seekers, making them disheartened and turn toward the world. However, keep in mind that a coward leaves the battleground, but the fighter continues to struggle to the end. The courageous practitioner battles the realm of darkness and diligently engages in the yoga of dristi, or focused gaze. This is the juncture. It is the essential thing to be firm in moral rectitude. At this time, it is important to dedicate day and night to the practice. It is necessary to discipline your daily lifestyle and study the scriptures. It is essential to focus the mind and gaze, follow the practice according to the instruction of the Master.
Therefore, it is necessary to surrender oneself to the Master, serve the Master with the mind, body, and life breath. In other words, diligently following the teachings of the Master. For this, it is important to surrender to the holy feet of the Master. Swami Vyasanand. When we gaze at the scene in the middle, in the darkness, our mind becomes focused and we only see the center of the scene, which is the source of the scene. This focal point can be likened to a seed. This focal point can be likened to a seed. At the very center of the seed lies the invisible energy, which is the source of the visible tree. Even though the source of the tree lies in the seed, many are not able to understand the mystery. The implication of this analogy is that the cause of darkness lies in the light. The cause of the light lies in the sound, and the cause of the sound lies in the material subtle sounds. The cause of the subtle sounds lie in the infinite divine reality. In other words, the primal seed, the cause of this whole world, both seen and unseen, is the divine being. Until we realize the direct experience of the divine, we are engrossed in the delusion of the material world. As soon as we have complete knowledge of the divine, the other forms of material and subtle reality disappear. As discussed earlier, the center of our energy is the divine being. However, as our consciousness is bound in the physical body, its visionary center is considered to be the Ajna Chakra, the tenth gate. As soon as the consciousness becomes focused on the Bindu point in the center of the realm of darkness, it realizes that its source is beyond this center, thus consecutively transcending the centers of lower realms and ascending upward within. The consciousness goes beyond the world of material name and form and merges into the root center of the Supreme Being, the original source of all creation. Just pausing for a moment. As we concentrate in the darkness in meditation, at some point, sooner or later, for those who persist, light will appear. And this requires a certain degree of patience. Over the years, I've seen many people uh, who are victims of their own minds their own beliefs, their own theologies, or the laws of their mind that they develop, which work against this process of meditation. You know, I've, I've seen people uh, tweet out that they just got initiated 10 minutes ago, and they tried the meditation for a few minutes, and it's just not working, you know. With an attitude like that, they are totally doomed and will probably have to reincarnate and 
make a more sincere effort in some future life because that is a terrible attitude that is not the brave spiritual warrior with total bhakti devotion to the quest of going within you know uh, they give up so easily they give up and say it is impossible for me to meditate and they develop this mental barrier this self-fulfilling prophecy of sure enough they can't meditate because they develop all of these thoughts but if they would simply drop those thoughts during meditation they would be completely fine and would continue on their spiritual journey and eventually reach the light if they would only stop thinking about how impossible it all is let those thoughts fall away they would begin to concentrate and meditation would work its magic and they would reach the inner light Swami Vyasanand as we discussed earlier the imaginative center of our consciousness energy is the Ajna Chakra or third eye the attenuated form of the conscious energy is categorized under four names mind or manas intellect or buddhi thought processes chitta and ego or the i principle these four create this world which our center then these created images of the world slowly begin to dissolve in the mind because this is all created by the mind then the mind and the intellect become dissolved in me i created my world and i am created by the supreme being logically the creation becomes dissolved in the cause in the same way through diligent meditation my world will merge in the mind the mind will merge in me and then i will merge in the divine interesting way of describing the process swami vyasanand thus holding on to this deepest conviction you should meditate or practice sadhana you should consider that all the darkness you see is illusory and it is inevitable that illusion will be dissolved in this way first you should disassociate yourself from the names and forms of the world created by the mind then with full intense concentration you should gaze at the darkness within gradually begin to concentrate scattered thoughts and gaze into the darkness slowly by concentrating your sight focusing your gaze or concentrated seeing within establish yourself in the center of the darkness in other words focus on the middle of the darkness you see remember do not hasten to get success in this endeavor with great patience and earnestness withdrawing your mind constantly try to prevent your gaze from wandering up or down or left to right when the gaze moves away from its focal point then concentration disappears when the gaze is unstable the mind becomes restless when the mind becomes restive then again the thoughts of name and form of this world begin to arise in the mind 
During this practice, it is very important to concentrate both the gaze and the mind so no disturbance arises between the sight and the focal point. Swami Vyasanand, a few paragraphs from his Kindle ebook, The Inward Journey of the Soul. We've spent a lot of time dwelling on this part of the meditation because that's where people tend to have the most difficulty crossing over from the darkness to light. So I wanted to spend a lot of time on this and not be in a hurry to pass by this stage uh, out of uh, a desire for more exciting and miraculous visionary content because most people get stuck here. It's easy to repeat a mantra. It's easy to repeat a mantra or sacred name mentally. It's easy to visualize the form of a teacher, the physical form of the face of one's spiritual teacher. And it's easy to see darkness with eyes closed when you begin the process of meditation. The repetition of the sacred name, the Simran, is to develop receptivity in the disciple, to get used to the concept of listening within while focused within and visualizing the form of the master gets you used to the concept, introduces you to the concept of gazing visually within. This is to develop receptivity in the disciple. And then one is gazing, one is seeing the darkness and waiting for the light to appear. On this path of Santmat, we call the soul surat. The word surat means the attention faculty of the soul. Everything is about focus of attention. Attention is a means of transportation. Focusing attention will get you to begin meditating in the first place. You apply yourself to repeating a sacred name, whatever the mantra is that the living master gives you at the time of initiation. And you focus on visualizing the form of the teacher briefly in meditation, and then you see the darkness in front of you and focus in the center of that darkness waiting for a, a point of light to manifest. And if you see that light, that inner light or point of light emerge, you focus all of your attention on that point of light. If that light should burst and blossom into other lights or colors or scenes of one kind or another, you keep concentrating in the middle you continue to focus, and one scene will change to another scene. One light will change to another light. The same principle of focusing attention applies to Surat Shabad Yoga, hearing inner sound. One focuses on one particular sound with their entire being. One is totally focused on a certain sound, a ringing sound, or whatever the sound might be. You're just totally riveted 
totally focused on that. Like the moon bird is focused on the moon. You know, it is all about attention. Surat, the attention faculty of the soul. What you contemplate, that you become. Think about that. What you contemplate, you become. So we're going from that James Allen, what a man, you know, thinks that he becomes, which is based on uh, a proverb from the book of Proverbs from the Hebrew Bible. As a man thinketh, so is he. And there's this spiritual classic, you know, by James Allen developing on that concept about what you think you become. Well, that's great for the outer world and the world of success and business and all of that sort of thing. But Santmat is about going within and focusing within with spiritual priorities. Our priority is the soul, the development of the inner life. And so if you should focus on the inner light, you become inner light. If you focus on the divine sound, you merge into the sound. Theosis, divinization, merging into the positive power. If you should contemplate the absolute, you become the absolute. If you contemplate God, you merge with God. It's all about concentration, focused attention, surat, the attention faculty of the soul. That's the soul's superpower, if you will. From sound to light, from light to sound, Surat Shabd Yoga, the yoga of the audible life stream, the yoga of sound, transcendental hearing, hearing the sound of silence, inner sound meditation, meditating on the sound current. We progress from light to sound, and eventually from sound to soundlessness. Maharishi Mehi says, Surat Shabad Yoga is the practice of transcending the mind and entering the level beyond the mind, that is, the level of oneness. The vehicle for this inward journey is sound. The way to employ sound and to understand its use is the practical application of Surat Shabad Yoga. This is also known as Nada Sadhana, the practice of inner sound meditation. Surat Shabad Yoga, as a means to attain the unbounded state, is an integral and indispensable aspect of the Sant Mat tradition. Any tradition devoid of this essential aspect is not true Sant Mat. Words of Maharishi Mehi worth repeating here again and again. Any tradition devoid of this essential aspect is not true Santmat. You see, what happens, or traditionally has happened, in the history of spiritual paths related to the Sant tradition in India, is that if there is no competent 
qualified living master anymore. When people meditate, they never do get enough guidance and spiritual influence and spiritual charge that enables them to get to the inner light. And if they don't get to the inner light, they are not qualified to then progress on to the initiation into the inner sound. And that, of course, is where the path dies. You know, if people aren't seeing the light, then they are not eligible to move on to the inner sound. And the process of Hinduization or cultural acclimation begins, or what the masters call falling into the mouth of Kal, which is a very unpleasant sounding description, even if you don't know what that necessarily even means. You know, it is, it is referring to uh, when the light goes out, so to speak, when a spiritual path uh, succumbs more and more to forces of maya, illusion, the negative power. And, you know, there is only the darkness, and there is no more light, and there is no sound beyond the light. You know, there's no inner experience at all, just book knowledge about past generations and their experiences, but no present-day generation with experiences. So it all sort of disappears. The mystical experience disappears in a tradition, and not only, uh, you know, not, not even one in a hundred, you know, initiates experience inner light and sound, and eventually it's one in a thousand, and one in a million, and none at all. You know, blind leading the blind sort of thing, and no one is experiencing anything. So, without the sound, then things come to a grinding halt. Without the experience of the inner light beyond the darkness, you know, the, the mystical path dries up. And of course, in the history of spiritual paths, mystical paths, this has happened over and over again. When, uh, you know, the, the mystical light goes out, no more living masters, no living saints. Sooner or later, no living disciples remain alive. They've all passed on and are not replaced by new generations of younger initiates experiencing light and sound. But uh, fortunately, in the history of Sant Mat, this is a living tree, and there are always new branches branching out. And so the light lives on in the world. The mystic path lives on. You know, new branches uh, emerge even as old branches fall away and uh, are you know, digested by the earth and turned to dust, as it were. But there's always some new life someplace else, another branch that is alive and well and keeps the path alive for another generation or two. Such is the way it is and always has been for thousands of years on this planet, going back a number of generations, spanning west to east, east to west, across the centuries. Mysticism is a very fragile thing, and any spiritual path, any inner light and sound path, is only going to be around for a few generations at most, and then disappears. But hopefully, 
from that has already sprung a new branch that lives on in some location, one location or another. And this is a form of mystical reproduction, if you will. But I do digress. Maharishi Mehi from Philosophy of Liberation. Maharishi Mehi, any tradition devoid of this essential aspect is not true Sant Mat. Various saints describe the yoga of Surat Shabd Yoga, the yoga of light and sound, and from these descriptions we become aware of the significance of Surat Shabd Yoga. The following are some words of great saints, words of great saints concerning the importance of Surat Shabd Yoga. Guru Nanak said, the invisible and suprasensory name of God, the divine sound, is extremely sweet and lovely. In the Sikh scriptures, Surat Shabad Yoga, in meditation, hearing the unstruck melody of the sound current, the Anhad Shabd, the Nam, the Nad, or Nada, according to Guru Nanak and the Sikh gurus and Sikh scriptures and those other saints and Sufis quoted in the Guru Granth, the Adi Granth. The unstruck melody that one seeks to hear, hear it thou through the instruction of the masters. Within me rings the unstruck melody of the Lord's flute, yea, he in whose presence one, one's mind is attained to the sound of the inner music. Within me rings the unstruck melody of the Lord's flute. Yea, he in whose presence one's mind is attuned to the sound of the inner music. Seated in my higher mind, I live in communion with God, and within me rings ever the unstruck music of bliss. He, the Lord, is immersed in the unstruck melody of the Word. He, our God, is the King of the whole universe, and there in His presence rings the unstruck melody of bliss. These are all passages from the Sikh gurus, and saints quoted by the Adi Granth, including Kabir, as well as Nam Dev, also Baba Farid of the Sufis. The Lord's name has no form, and it becomes manifest through the Immaculate God as the unstruck melody. In the cave of equipoise do I now have my seat, and the luminous self of God has burst into me, as the unstruck melody. At the tenth door rings the unstruck melody. The Lord echoes thus in every heart. Just pausing here. The Masters teach that the light and sound of God are within all people, within all souls, whether they know it or not, whether they're part of a religious tradition that has a surviving mystical school where people learn the meditation techniques to actually see and hear within or not, you know, whether they're part of that, whether they know this is a reality or not, the light and sound nevertheless are within everyone, every human being, every soul, the light and sound are already there within, hidden. And of course, the path of the masters is about 
seeing that unseen light and hearing that unheard melody through the guidance of a competent, qualified living master who guides his or her disciples into the experience of the light and sound in meditation. Back to these passages from the Sikh scriptures on the sound meditation, Sarit Shabd Yoga. The skinless drums produce the music of bliss. The clouds rumble without the rainy season. And lo, without the clouds it rains, if one reflects on the quintessence. An unstruck melody is being described here by Nam Dev in the Sikh scriptures. There is a divine musician. There are no physical strings plucked. There is no physical drum that is hit by an earthly musician. These are unstruck sounds, unplucked instrumentation. Bells ring without being hit and reverberate forever. A a continuous tone, like a, a bell that was struck before time began, and it continues to reverberate, continues to ring, and those with ears to hear may hear its sound in the astral plane, the astral bell sound ringing, a tone that's always there for those who listen very hard. More from the Sikh scriptures. Now I've closed all nine doors of the senses, and at the tenth now rings the unstruck melody. All wisdom, all meditation, is in hearing the gospel of the perfect God. And lo, immense is the joy of the devotees of God, the destroyer of worldly bonds, for within them rings the unstruck melody of bliss. Meditating on the Guru's word, the wholesome, unstruck strains one begins to hear. Says Nanak, within him, perfect is whose Guru rings the unbeaten sound. How is one to perform thy worship, O thou destroyer of coming and going? The unstruck melody within drums ever thy glory. What, pray, is the sign of the abode of gods? Therein rings the unstruck melody of the divine word. Various passages of the Sikh scriptures on the sound current, the unstruck melody, the anhad shabd, the audible life stream. Sant Jagjawan Sahib said, One is astounded by the experience of the melodious tone of the subtle wave of the unqualified, unbounded name of God. The sound current is considered in Sant Mat to be a higher form of a name of God. At first, when one learns to meditate, one repeats the sacred name or names, the guru mantra, whatever sacred names the master gives one. 
But when the disciple reaches the point where they're hearing the inner sound, they drop the practice of repetition of sacred names and instead focuses upon the inner sound as a higher form of name of God, a name above every other name, an unqualified, unbounded name of God as Sant Jagjawan Sahib described it as. Some mystic verses of the great master Sant Darya Sahib of Bihar. Sant Darya Sahib. It is the primeval sound which carries one to this abode. And it is the Satguru who makes it known. There the passage is made through the eye of a needle. Gems glitter there in the refulgence of light. Our path is through the subtle regions. There the inner sight illumines our way. He who carries on the practice of the true sound beholds the truth from the beginning to the end within his body. By realizing the true sound with rapt attention, he attains the status of a pure swan, heavenly bird, Hansa. He attains the status of a pure swan. Such a devotee reaches the immortal abode, and there he sees mysterious and wondrous sights. With the bright sun of the Satguru sound arisen within, he becomes pure and can never be touched by blemishes. Without love there can be no devotion and wisdom. With love arisen there can be experienced with the Satguru's grace. With the intensification of love one becomes in contact with the true sound, and like a lotus in water abides in its peace and bliss. When love and endearment are firmly ingrained, one attains the elixir of Nam and enjoys its bliss. Being firmly entrenched in love and endearment and being well steeped in devotion, one obtains true love. So long as the lover is not immersed in love, his sins and evil thoughts are not washed away. If one's attention is not absorbed in the inner sky, how can he see the wondrous inner sights? So long as the intense longing for the beloved does not arise and the heart is not filled with love, the spiritual goal cannot be attained by mere observance of religious practices, vows, and rituals. Whatever be the bulk of one's charity and virtuous deeds, one can find no foothold anywhere without devotion, without bhakti. Have firm faith in love and devotion. Love is the essence of spiritual truth. Reflect on this saying of the saints. By this alone one is saved from 
the ocean of the world, the ocean of samsara. Blessed is the eye which is permeated with love. Without love it is like a pebble or stone. Like a gardener without a garden, the eye remains empty without love. What is the state of a human being without love? He is like one who is denied all delicacies and whose mouth is filled only with dust. Without love, one does not find the flow of the sound current. But when the flower of love blossoms, its fragrance is praised by all. Many are the paths prevalent in the world. Knowing the proper wisdom, work on your own salvation. He who obtains a wise and discriminating Satguru recognizes the path of liberation. The technique of love is truly the root of all spirituality. Follow this technique as imparted by the Master. When with His grace the inner light is illumined, the true Nam, the support of all, comes into view. Just as the lotus resides in water, it does not come to bloom by water. Only when the light of the sun appears does the lotus open its petals as the contemplative inner eye opens to see. The spiritual lotus likewise resides in the human body, which is like a pond. Its sustaining water is close to the lotus, but only when love for the Satguru arises does the inner lotus bloom, and one becomes a devotee of the Lord's holy feet. With intensification of love, one comes in contact with the true sound, and like a lotus in water, abides in its peace and bliss. When love and endearment are firmly ingrained, one attains the elixir of Nam and enjoys its bliss. Being firmly entrenched in love and endearment, and being well steeped in bhakti or devotion, one obtains true love. Without love, one does not find the flow of the sound current, but when the, when the flower of love blossoms, its fragrance is praised by all. Without love, one does not find the flow of the sound current, but when the flower of love blossoms, its fragrance is praised by all. Said Sant Darya Sahib, the great saint of Bihar. This next paragraph is from Prempatra Radhaswami. When translated into English, this refers to the love discourses. This means the love discourses of the Lord of the Soul. Prempatra Radhaswami. By Huzur Maharaj Rai Salagram, summarizing this spiritual path. 
this journey from names to the form of the master to inner light to inner sound. The practices prescribed in the Radhaswami faith, his term for Santmat, are performed internally within oneself, except attending the satsang, the meetup of the Satguru and loving devotees, and the recitation of Bani's holy compositions, no external activities of any kind are in vogue. Internal meditation practices consist of two parts. The first part is the abstraction and withdrawal of the mind and the spirit and their concentration at the seat of the spirit in pinned within the body at the third eye center. The second part is the elevation of the mind and the spirit by hearing the Shabad, the sound coming from heavenly spheres above. The first practice is known as Simran and Dion, and the second practice is Bhajan. Just pausing here to define these terms for the meditation practices he is referring to, the sadhana of Santmat. Simran, the repetition or mental repetition or manas jap of a sacred name or names. Dhyan, meditation of contemplating the form of one's master, which leads to the seeing of inner light, inner vision. And bhajan is a term for transcendental hearing, listening in the silence, listening to the inner sound, Hazur Maharaj. The first practice is known as Simran and Dion, and the second as Bhajan. How to perform these practices is explained at the time of initiation. Love is accorded prime importance in the Radhaswami faith. So long as the Paramathi, the spiritual devotee, does not have some degree of love for the holy feet of the Supreme Being and Sant Sat Guru, neither satsang nor internal meditation practices of Shabad can be performed correctly and properly. Azura Maharaj Rai Salagram declaring that love and bhakti are the foundation of this spiritual path. Without love, one is not going to be motivated to sit long enough to make internal spiritual progress and meditation. A spirit of love and devotion, a spirit of bhakti, are required in order to properly recite the name or names one's spiritual name that one is given at the time of their initiation. The sacred names are recited as an act of worship, as an act of love. And so if you take the love element out of this meditation, it makes it automatically something lesser and lower, more of the astral domain than the spiritual domain. Love and devotion, prem and bhakti, are absolutely essential 
in order to approach a spiritual path like Santmat, in order for the meditation to fully allow one to be utterly and totally focused. Love is the way. Without love, you ain't nothing, as was said, a kind of paraphrase of 1 Corinthians 13. And, of course, we just uh, heard some mystic verses of Sant Darya Sahib of Bihar saying the very same thing. Without love, one does not find the flow of the sound current. But when the flower of love blossoms, its fragrance is praised by all. Some extracts from the teachings of Babuji Maharaj, his letters to satsangis, disciples, chelas. Some interesting observations about the meditation practice. Whether you get the inner vision, the darshan, hear the sound and experience bliss and joy or not, you should apply yourself with regularity to Simran, Dion, and Bhajan, and the reading and recitation of the holy books, the books of the masters. Pay greater attention to Simran. By divine grace, progress will be made gradually. Always look for grace, said Babuji Maharaj. And this is from the biography of Babuji Maharaj of Agra. Trust that Radhaswami Dayal, the compassionate Lord of the soul, hears your prayers and supplications. He will surely shower his grace upon you. You will certainly receive help internally. You should try to hear the Shabad, the sound current, by fixing your attention at the third eye center or the thousand-petaled lotus. But there is no harm if Shabd comes from a higher sphere. If it comes from any higher region, you should listen to it. Care should, however, be taken that it comes from the right side or center. Shabd coming from the left side should not be attended to. Just pausing here to interject, if a sound is in your perception coming from the left side, ignore it. The sound that comes from the center or the right side is described as the ascending current, the current that is going upward, whereas the sound that one might hear believe or perceive as coming from the left side is a descending current flowing into the creation flowing into the material world and will not cause the soul to ascend so that's why they always say focus on the inner sound that seems to be coming from the center or the right side more from Babuji Maharaj from the biography of Babuji Maharaj. Sometimes Surat Shabad meditation practitioners hear the sound current without sitting in the posture of bhajan. There is no harm in hearing the sound in this way. Rather, it is good. 
If you feel inclined, you should listen to it. So here he is describing, you know, one is not sitting in a particular bhajan posture. But in the middle of the night, if you're in a quiet room and you start hearing the sound, great, you know. No need for the bhajan posture or headphones or, you know, sound blocking headphones or earplugs or, you know. If it's a quiet time, perhaps in the middle of the night or early in the morning, if there is quietude in the air and the sound chooses to manifest itself, yes, focus on the sound. Follow the sound. The sound is trying to get our attention. Good to listen to it when that opportunity manifests itself. The return to the soundless state, Anami Radhaswami, the Most High Lord of the Soul, the ocean of love beyond the light and the sound. The soul's return to God, the ocean of love, the higher stages of meditation practice, and the highest stage of meditation practice. Babuji Maharaj in Volume 3 of his discourses said, Within the innermost recesses, all spirituality is one and has never undergone any division. Our spirituality or soul, our surat, is an emanation from the Supreme Being. Within the innermost recesses, it is one with God. That is a very powerful sentence from Babuji Maharaj describing our true state, if we did but know it. The soul is an emanation. The soul is a, a ray, a spark, a particle of the divine that doesn't seem to know that it is. The path of the masters, the spiritual practice of inner light and sound meditation, is about coming to know the reality of that state. There are several techniques described the specific details of which are taught to students at the time of their diksha, their initiation into Santmat meditation. One, developing a daily routine, the habit of meditating at the same time or times each and every day. Two, proper posture so that one is truly focused at the third eye and remains alert and awake. Three, manas jap or simran, a mantra repetition of a sacred word done mentally. Four, manas dhyan, the technique of mentally visualizing the form of one's ideal, one's spiritual teacher. Five, dristi sadhana, the yoga of inner light, the technique of focusing upon an infinitesimal point the manifestation of inner light, this point in the darkness will eventually blossom into inner light or visions of light. One gazes into the middle of the darkness or the light one sees while in meditation. Think of the infinitesimal point as being like a laser pointer or cursor, keeping one focused in a particular place. One passes from scene to scene and vision to vision always looking toward the center. 
6. Nada Sadhana, Sarit Shabad Yoga, the inner sound meditation, the yoga of sound, the practice of inner transcendental hearing. And seventh, reaching the state of Kivalya, oneness with the Supreme Being in the pure conscious realm. The ultimate goal of Sant Mat meditation is to merge into the upper level of Kivalya, the state beyond the sound, the ultimate reality of God, in the Narguna or formless state, also described with terms such as Anami, or nameless, anadi, soundlessness, and my favorite, Anurag Sagar, the ocean of love. This God who is veiled by light and sound is beyond the light and sound. And so the journey is about transcending the lights and the sounds and making that full transition from the world of illusion to the ultimate reality, the ultimate oneness that is the real truth beyond. As Maharishi Mehi Paramahans stated, the state beyond sound is acknowledged in the writings and teachings of saints as the goal of their teachings. In addition, their writings accept manas jap, the repetition of a divine name or names, Manas Dhyan, concentration on a form of the divine. Dristi Sadhana, fixing the mind on a single point or infinitesimal point. And Nada Sadhana, concentrating on the inner sounds of the different spheres as means to reach the soundless state. These four techniques are therefore essential in Sant Mat. As the sound originates from the soundless or nameless state, by grasping the sound, one is drawn naturally to the soundless state of the Supreme Sovereign, or God. Upon merging the mind with the sound, there remains only the consciousness, free of the association with the mind. The consciousness, free of the mind, will be drawn to the flow of sounds, ultimately merging in the state beyond sound or the Supreme Sovereign God. The internal practice of meditation ends here. The Supreme God is realized and the work is completed. Maharishi Mehi from Philosophy of Liberation. A book I highly recommend it's one of the Bibles of Sant Mat. It's like the Sarbachan Radhaswami poetry and prose of Swamiji or the Adi Granth or the Bijak of Kabir. It is a central text used by a Sant Mat community based in India. Maharishi Mehi's Philosophy of Liberation is an essential text. Recommended reading for those serious spiritual seekers wanting to practice Sant Mat. There is a copy of Philosophy of Liberation online. Send me an email if you'd like to get a link to Philosophy of Liberation. My email address is james at 
spiritualawakeningradio.com. Thanks for joining me today on this Santmat Satsang podcast, a production of Spiritual Awakening Radio. The soul's return to God, the ocean of love, the higher stages of meditation practice. Visit my website, spiritualawakeningradio.com. Ring the bell, subscribe, like, comment, share, so that more people will know about this satsang podcast online. And subscribe, get the alerts so that you know when there's a new podcast out. You know, there are channels that I follow at YouTube, and I might as well not because... You know, there are no alerts in my feed, so when they come out with a new program, I don't know. You know, it's it's totally invisible, so that's why they always keep emphasizing, click the bell and get alerts, so when a new podcast is out, you know it's there. Or if you're subscribing, you know, to a podcast, then you get an alert when a new program has become available. Again, my email address is james at spiritualawakeningradio.com if you'd like to get a link to our copy of Philosophy of Liberation, a book by Maharishi Mehi Paramahans. Or if you're looking for some other book, I have an online e-library and endeavor to have online links to just about everything available in the English language from the Sant tradition, from living masters now, recent masters, earlier masters, earlier still, 18th century, 17th century, back to Kabir, Adi Granth, Guru Nanak, you know, back to Nam Dev and his master in the 11th century. And of course, there are Upanishads and, you know, even more ancient texts as well. Concluding today's edition of the Santmat Satsang podcast, a poem of Guru Kabir about the, re- the return of the soul, the soul's return to the ocean of love, from Rabindranath Tagore's Songs of Kabir. How could the love between thee and me sever? As the leaf of the lotus abides on the water, so thou art my Lord, and I am thy servant. As the night bird chakar gazes all night at the moon, so thou art my Lord, and I am thy servant. From the beginning until the ending of time, there is love between thee and me. And how shall such love be extinguished? Kabir says, as the river enters into the ocean, so my heart touches thee.